Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience. Presented by Onyx. Oh, holy cow, what a... What did we have, two nights ago we did a podcast for the first time this whole trip? We did, yeah. up in the top of your ride here. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, seemed like forever ago. Yeah, it does. That was after a really, really great day of hunting. Yeah, bowl encounter, bowl encounter. And what they don't know is that the following day of hunting was not so great. It was our hardest day. Oh, yeah. Longest day. Did you hear that bugle? That was a bugle. Uh-huh. I think it bowled this bugle. Not positive of that, but... It was like opening night when we got here. The eve, eve opening night. Yep. Heard of like 75 down there in the field, multiple bulls, mm-hmm. screaming their heads off. That was like, opening night? Yeah. It was the eve. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah. we even heard a bull the second night. Yeah. Yeah, we stayed here. Anyway, after our last podcast, we were pretty amped up, jazzed up to get back in that area, and we went in and proceeded to walk 12, 13 miles and got into some elk, but just had a number of things go wrong, and just one of those days that you kind of got to push through. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, like anything with elk hunting that I've seen, I was telling Tyler this, like you go into a new area, you have no expectations. It can be some of the best hunting you've ever experienced. You know, it's like a new area, a new honey hole. Mm-hmm. You go back to that area, not necessarily on the same trip, but maybe a year later, and you have these expectations of what's going to happen based on your previous experience. And you go in there and you don't experience that. And instantly, I think your level of thoroughness, kind of everything, is a little bit lower. And your expectations, the bar's set, it's not met. So then you kind of start doubting the decision you made to go back there. Right. And when you go into a new area, you're, it's clean slate. It's like, well, you know, uh, who knows what we're going to find today. Yeah. But that's when you seem to make the best decisions. No, I. That's when your instincts seem to take over. I totally agree. I think um, my experience elk hunting, we've had better, more successful hunts in brand new areas than when we've hunted a previous area. Yeah. So to me, and this is, I think, I, I say this a few times, is you hunt the elk and not the country. Mm-hmm. And people a lot of times <coughs> get familiar with country, they get comfortable, and they'll go back to the same spot because they saw a bull in this meadow one time, or they saw a bull here, or they heard a bull here. So they go back hoping that that's going to reoccur, and they're afraid to make the change to go do something new. I don't know. You, I would agree. Yeah. It's probably not the case in Whitetail. I mean... Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely oh, that's the case definitely in Whitetail. Yeah. yeah. More so, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I would uh, say. Bucks tend to shift and move, you know. As and a lot of times, people don't have this scale of area to hunt, mm-hmm. too. So they find an area that is good and that they like, and they're somewhat limited to that Yeah. in a lot of cases, I'd say. Oh, yeah. There's a story when I killed my first deer when I was 15 or 16. My grandfather told me, you know, your great uncle has hunted for 30 years and only killed two deer. And he hunted the same exact spot every year, year after year, never killed any more deer. Yep, that sounds right. I mean, we hear that all the time. And there's, 
without a doubt there's exceptions to that where where there's folks that hunt the same spots year after year after year and kill big right. bucks or whatever For sure. i mean the brother like paul and tim paul knows yep. that country is and he was on bulls that are giants there's definitely an advantage to knowing the terrain yep. and the landscape for sure um movements and yep to the same <laughs> point you are also at risk of going in there and and not looking at the whole picture because your expectations are blind and your you know your thought process so to speak yeah it's uh man i i just still can't get over like the experience we had here number of elk quality of bulls Mm -hmm. um really hunting pressure wise not much not bad at all we only once had to go to a spot or where we went to a spot somebody was already there it was only one time out of 12 days let alone how many times we like midday pulled to a new spot right Mm -hmm. we only had one never and we saw one guy on a trail and that was the the spot that we hunted the most yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um so i think just as far as you know of all the elk trips i've ever been on this is the most unique in the sense of that it was also the most unique in the sense of hardest to kill a bull with all these bulls around yeah I, I i i could honestly say coming into this hunt i figured by day five no doubt we're going to have multiple opportunities we'll f- finally get one that actually works out we'll kill it and be done and you know day 12 yep day 12 here we are <laughs> yeah we haven't told him said anything about no. what happened yet though no i know <laughs> here we are day 12 <laughs> at the end of day 12 yeah <laughs> it's the end of our trip yeah headed to new mexico yep you're headed to iowa that's right. Ted, you're headed to Colorado with your dad. Yeah. Do a little all cutting there. And I'm staring at a six-point bowl with a bunch of meat hanging in a tree. That's right. Yep. Finally got it done. Twelfth day. Didn't expect it to happen, really. Did you hear that? Yep. He, bulls screaming. There's bulls bugling, boys. Mm-hmm. Especially hey, after this morning with um, kind of there was quite a few people around, and all of a sudden we were just kind of like, crap. Yeah, it's Saturday, and the, and the yeah. hunting pressure is yeah. definitely ramped up this morning, but we went right back to a spot that we've hunted numerous times where we've been able to glass elk from a distance, and they just haven't been cranked up. They haven't been doing their thing there. But every time we go over there, we see a bunch of cows, and we see some bulls, and we hear some bugling. But it's just not quite going until this morning. This morning we went through our normal program. I don't know how many times we've went to that glassing spot now, like, five six times uh yeah i mean yeah i would say five six close to that at least yeah yeah. i got a pretty nice bathroom spot over there yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean just glassing i'm assuming some of the same elk and some new elk that are coming into that face every (coughs) once in a while but Mm -hmm. you know as soon as we got up in there with them this morning it was different because they were bugling like crazy and we were just right in the middle of a good situation with numerous groups smaller groups of bulls you know, either alone or with small groups of cows. Because that's been the biggest issue of this trip is, like, man, we're getting on some bulls, but there's also a pile of cows. Yeah, I mean, that one herd, there was once 150 to 200 cows. I, I yeah. don't even know. I mean, in a in an sense. open country with a bow, that's really hard to get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really hard to get close to that bull. Yeah, um, you got to, I mean, that's one of those things. Like our style of hunting of going in, you you saw where I liked and why I oh, wanted yeah. to venture. Like yeah, I, I saw your timber. eyes light up as soon as we got in there. 
it, it was, wasn't long after that that we struck a bull and called him in because it's just that program works well because i th- and i don't i don't know if it's true you made the comment about they use their eyes in the open country as much mm-hmm. and they they have their vocals in the timber so i don't know if they are more callable or the terrain dictates that they're actually going to respond more because they feel comfortable because yeah bull bugles over there they can't see it i'm going to scream back I, I don't know but it definitely seemed to me like those bulls were more callable in that terrain than the other places we'd hunt with some of that open country but maybe lack of cows and higher bull ratio in there that they're gonna they're gonna seek whatever they can Um, i relate that kind of back to turkey hunting a little bit it's like it seems like if you got a gobbler out there in a wide open area if you don't have some sort of a visual aid Mm -hmm. like a decoy or something or a fan or whatever He's probably not going to come over there to where you're calling because he can see the source of the sound. But if you're in that thick stuff, they have to come a certain distance to see what it is that's making that sound. Elk hunting, they have to come over that rise to see where that cow is calling from. If you're just calling the one across wide open meadow, then you just stare over there. I'm super bummed because we've got like six decoys and they're all in the trailer. Yeah. Well, currently in Colorado, they'll be in New Mexico tomorrow. We would have had one. I think there could have been some scenarios this week. How many different bulls did we call in? Four that I, I mean, up, up until. Or how many different call-in setups did we have throughout the whole or, trip? Throughout the whole trip, <coughs> maybe five. So I here's how I pictured in my mind: day two, that bull. Yep. Um. Probably like day three when day that three five, to that five point came five in point silent. Came in silent. Yeah. Um, then that first six point in the timber. Mm-hmm. And Call, then well, what about the ones right after the storm? The, yeah, uh, that was but, kind of a, we just walked up on those more. Yeah, not a calling. Yeah. I wouldn't. I mean, where they physically moved towards us, where we weren't moving on them, and it was like a bull responded to the call mm-hmm. type of scenario. I got you. Um, and then that five point, that same day of the six point, on day 10, when, after we did the podcast. Right. Those were the four that I'm like, okay, in 10 days, we called in four bulls. Yep. Not not awesome. And the thing is, we're on bulls every single day. Correct. Like we're within two or 300 yards of a bull Le- that shoot. Yeah. Or less. I, yeah, exactly. Every single day. At least one, sometimes multiple times. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it was just, man... They just were not responding to calls. They weren't bugling much, or they had a bunch of cows that would that would just throw a wrench in things, or multiple occasions the wind was bad, and we got busted by numerous elk before we could get a shot at one. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. just thinking back, like, we've had two legit opportunities in 12 days. Mm-hmm. Of hunting. Of hunting elk every single day and being on elk every single day. And hunting our butts off. It's yeah. not like... We didn't come back to camp once in the daylight. No. You know, it was mm-hmm. it was leave here in the dark, get back at dark, or make Pack lunch in your bag and eat yeah. out there. And Putting some miles on. Um, the one the one thing that I'm not used to is actually glassing elk and then figuring out a plan to go after them. Because like I said, most of the time we hunt timber stuff. And I it was like, I was really excited about it. And then we'd go in there and the, they'd either disappear on us or they'd, you know... Or shut up. Would they, say yeah, anything. exactly. They might bugle once and take their cows and move off. Yeah. Where, I, like we we use the term fishing for a biter, and so 
there may have been those bulls that if you would have been in open country we could have glassed that we never would have heard when we were calling that we'd just walk by because they're not going to play the game. Oh, opening day, we glassed six bulls, one yeah. one group. Never yeah. bugled once. In your experience, Cody, what how how would you say this cow to bull ratio is here? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of cows. Um, I would say a high cow to bull ratio, where generally I look to like try to find a unit that's got 30 or more, 25, 30 bulls to 100 cows. Yeah, I don't this know one's what, like 15. Yeah, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of elk. So I th- I think that area where there's a lot of bulls, they're like really trying to establish dominance to get their little pie versus, mm-hmm. you know, one or two bulls getting a big pie and then a couple guys getting scattered here and there. So I don't yeah. know. I mean, maybe that affects the calling. I never really thought about the bull cow ratio, but um, well, time of year, moon, temp, you know. I usually like it. I don't mind it when it's 80 degrees and sunny, but we're in timber and we know they're going to be in that north face. Let's go hunt that. Where here, you know, it it it, it was different. Like I said, it, it was a cool experience. It was, for me, of all the elk hunts I've ever done, probably one of the more challenging and like frustrating but fun at the same point. Well, we kind of, because everything is so visual here, you kind of got to see the whole progression of the elk rut from September, or well, actually the end of August is when Ted and I got here, yeah. last day of August, until today, the 12th when we killed. For um, sure. You know, you've definitely yep. seen that progression where we started off not hearing hardly any bugles, seeing bulls in bachelor groups, maybe just seeing like an isolated bull by himself deep in the, in a hard to access location and not moving very far during the day. I would say um, one thing that I noticed was the weather did seem to have the play. Oh, it definitely yeah, did. When, it did. When definitely when did. That first day we got here, it was like 32 degrees, mm-hmm. like nasty cold conditions, and that bull was like pretty fired up when we yep. viewed off the highway, and then yep. it was slow going until the storm hit. Yep. And then it was like, it's been ramped up since then. Yeah. yeah. And it's just yep. been real steady. Like every single day, it's progressed. you're getting in a yep. little more action. And occasionally you have like a slow morning or a slow evening or whatever, where they're just not talking. That's just, that's you're going to experience that yeah. wherever you are, mm-hmm. seems like. But it's just a slow progression on and on and on until we got into full rut today. Well, not full rut, according to you said it gets it crazier crazier yeah i mean because those bulls usually i like two herds together those bulls are gonna like challenge each other gonna try to take those cows it was like okay we're 100 yards apart and that's probably about as close as i want to be but it wasn't ever like i'm coming in and taking these or challenging where right and and where it's just "Ah!" yeah i mean just total screen like yeah you can see the emotion of that bull even when you killed that bull it wasn't i mean he came up but it was a slow posture it wasn't anything like i'm mad i'm very very intense it was like i'm here you're here don't come over here right but at the same point i'm not coming and you know through the whole fight but today was hands down one of the coolest call-ins experiences that i've ever seen with just multiple bulls and cows and close range i mean 
at one point, I bet you there was 15 or 20 elk in bow range. Oh, yeah. On both sides of us. In 270. We talked about this. Like, we've had pretty tough winds at, at times. And for once, we got lucky with, you know, where we got and everything worked out great. Yeah. The only spot that there was not elk was where the wind was downwind. Like, yeah. It was they were they had us completely surrounded one bull on on either side with a group of cows it was nuts and we've seen that a couple times in this trip it's like if you can penetrate that big herd if you can get in the middle of them it's craziness because mm-hmm. it happened on the top of the ridge right. that one day yep. yeah yeah you know, he was fired up spitting snow we got right in the middle of those in the mix there for a couple minutes where we had you know probably 20 elk within 45 yards i just had a tree in my way yeah. but there was an there was two bulls right there just swooping cows everywhere and it yeah. was wild but it, it's just been extremely difficult to get in that position but the one thing that i think the takeaway that i've learned i think you can get with those big herds you can bust some cows if mm-hmm. you're calling and you're acting like a bull it's totally okay like yeah. if those cows see you and they take off running that bull is in the sense like I got to go challenge that bull that just is coming in to take my cows and you can emit if you create that chaos emits that chaos <laughs> even get away with stuff that you like normally wouldn't if you're just trying to stalk and slip in yeah um we're calling i think um definitely adds some value oh, i mean there. we were in the middle of it today and i was ted and i were filming the bull that was south of us with the cows as they were coming back up yeah i and was like and I was Look getting ready to, way, to try to shoot this him. Way. You're, yeah, you and Tyler are up there calling the whole time, and you guys are hidden in just a brush pile, just trying to not get run over. Basically. Oh, I got a leg cramp that I'm just like, yeah. Good. Oh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> but that bull, we have two small herds of elk converging on our position at the same time, and that bull to the south was coming up like 40 yards away, and pushing those cows right to you. So me and Ted are in position over there, and I can hear these elk getting closer behind me and closer behind me. And the last I checked them, they were 80 yards. Well, I turned around, and there's a cow at 30, and she's walking right at you. And then there's another cow. And at that time, I'm like, okay, Ted, we got to move. So at that point, I mean, this kind of goes back to your point about what you can and can't get away with. I mean, I had to duck down under a stump and then move around with like five, six different elk eyes on us, basically. But because there's so much bugling going on and so much chatter, I mean the cows are meow meow. You know that estrus whatever yeah, was going that on. That estrus mewing or whatever. Yeah, was, the, there was just, so much chaos going on between the artificial herd you guys calling and then the two actual herds coming in there that I was able to move around and totally reposition 180 and shoot that bull when he came in. Do you think those bulls would have come up and met and then kind of fought for each other's cows or like what do you think? Because at uh, one, they'd already one met. point they'd yeah. been like... No, I mean at one point they were raking at like probably 60 yards from each other. Yeah. You yeah. know? And then that I think like after that raking sequence is when all of a sudden that that smaller bull that other six point mm-hmm. like take he took and pushed his cows out. Right. Like he's too close. I don't like this. And boom. And that was... I've never been in that open country where I can observe all this going on at, while we're calling, and that was really unique in the sense. And I think the footage is is some of the best elk stuff I've ever seen for yeah, what we've captured, because the the sounds, like the posture, the glunking. I mean, 
that ball that you shot comes up just go, 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 that go, was go, pretty go, wild him yeah. hearing him do that yeah. yeah you know and it's it's just that uh asserting dominance scenario it was i think what you were seeing though is like you finally i mean we've been on this this herd of cows you know periodically throughout the last 12 days we continue to hunt that spot because it's like one of these days they're going to go cranking in there because a cow is going to come in the heat mm-hmm. but today there was so much vocalization by those cows in in even the two different herds the one you know our first setup where right. they were up above us she was doing that estrus mew or whatever they were up quiet there. until i started calling and yep. then all of a sudden it was just like chatter she was just doing that estrus chatter that real raspy voice or whatever and it was non-stop like, rah, 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 i gotta rah. figure that out how to do that with it was like so much mm-hmm. vocalization air has got it down just voice in the beginning i think <sighs> just besides even hearing a bull bugle just hearing those cows talk back and forth is just pretty neat the different sounds that they make and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, having that one right underneath us doing that. <coughs> yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> That's pretty cool. What is that? And I'm like, I think it's a cow getting bred, but I don't know. Like, Cody's up there calling back to the, both of them at the same time, and they're all just, yeah. It was nuts. It was crazy. Yeah, huh? Aaron, you've been doing that estrus kind of bleat with your yeah. diaphragm call, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, does that really work? But today, definitely. They do that sound. I yeah. Mean, he nails that sound. I know. Yeah. I can't do any they other made that sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> they made that I try to right, flutter my sure. lip, and it's inconsistent. I tr- actually tried it today, and I about balked on one call, and I'm like, oh, idiot. But. Yeah. It was an awesome hunt. That was. It's been, like I told Ted earlier, it's been probably the hardest hunt I've ever been on. Because I'm a flatlander from Missouri, you know. I'm not used to going up and down mountains like this. I mean, we hunt turkeys in some steep and rugged stuff, but it's half as high as this stuff. Gotcha. Like 400 foot is like a climb. Yeah, Yeah, four or 500 foot, and it's usually more gradual. I mean, we definitely get get our walking in for turkeys, but it's nothing like this. No packs. No packs, that's true. Just a vest and a water bottle. Yeah, and And, I mean, I hit and lost that bull on the second day, and that just, oh, man. That was crippling to to me mentally because that's something that you never ever want to do, and it was it's on you know the elk hunt that I've been waiting to go on for years yeah. now, and then you have your chance and it's right there and then you mess it up and you know, but a few days later when we when we found that bull and he was still alive, then it kind of rejuvenated right. my spirits yep. a little bit, but it's just all of that emotion built into the hunt is what made it probably the toughest one that i've ever been on well, that in the physical toll y- you got that you're lack exerting. of sleep yeah the physical aspect the elevation weather you know i mean being gone from home a couple oh, yeah. of weeks like there's so many things in the aspects when it i i totally lost my crap today like i <laughs> oh i went com- <laughs> i went total ham sandwich after we shot yeah that bowl. I was freaking pumped. I'm trying to like film it run away and Cody's <laughs> sprinting down to you guys. And I just, <laughs> <laughs> just do it by normal stupid. As soon as sound. I saw it disappear, I was fist pumping. I was so I jacked. will say though, like the adrenaline and, and buck fever as you would call it mm-hmm. was ten times more than anything I've ever ever yeah, experienced. That was as that was as jacked up as I've ever been in any situation on any animal. Yeah. You know. I was more I was more jacked up today with those elk all around us than I was on that big bull earlier in the hunt. Yeah, 
And because that happened so fast, right. it was like you didn't even really have time. But these elk, we how long did we stay in there? I mean, we were in forty-five minutes, hour really. almost, yeah, of just yeah. nonstop bugling, calling, setting up, setting up, moving, and it was just <coughs> crazy. And we like literally like that was all on a thirty-yard circle of our yep. movements. You know, it's like, oh, let's go after. The, well, wait, no, that bull's bugling down there. Mm-hmm. Well, no, Spookable. this one's coming in. We literally like we're gonna go up the mountain because we heard a bugle up there, and we were gonna go chase that bull, and then bull bugle back to our left. We moved in on that. That bull came in, almost killed him. Bad wind. And then we kind of came back, regrouped, and like, oh, well, that the other bull, he was bugling like maybe once every 10 minutes or something. I'm like, well, good luck calling that. You know, I, right, I literally, I just, in up. my mind, already like crossed him off because it's like, he's just down there by himself. He's one of those bachelor bulls because we glassed six in the morning, six mm-hmm. bulls. And I don't know how, there had to have been eight, I'm guessing, on that hill. Right. Because we never saw those two herds. Yeah. That's been the biggest issue with that spot where we killed that elk today is, I mean, we've, we've seen 10 bulls plus along that whole face. Yeah. And different bulls all the time. Yeah. And you would think, like, within all those bulls, you would be able to get within bow range of them consistently, and it's not been the case. But we go into that thick timber one day, and there was three bulls in that patch that we saw, and every one of them was within bow range. Yeah. You know, it's just, that's the biggest difference when you're in that open country with a bow in your hand. Yeah. Versus that. Yeah, because we were, we were surrounded pretty much by open country. And, and what, how big was that pocket of timber we were in? We almost had, to, we had to patiently kind of wait. And you kind of slow played your calling a little bit. No, I didn't say, you I, didn't say I anything. didn't say a word because I was like, they're coming at us. We can see them. We can see them. We can just watch their movements, and we got the wind in our favor. So, just watching the line, I'm like, that those cows are going to file by at 40, 50 yards, and you'll kill that bull. And I mean, almost did. He was at 51 when he walked by, and I passed up the shot, but then eventually got the 20 whatever yard or yeah, 20 minutes later. And I, I didn't like until they went around the corner, and you were like cow talk, and I. So that's when I started calling. I was silent for. Oh, yeah. A long time. Yeah. And then just cow called. And then all of a sudden, both cows are calling. And then bulls are bugling. And I think I only bugled maybe one time. Like, and it was basically near the end there. It was quiet, too. Yeah, I muffled muffled it. And I just, because that bull was kind of up to the left, I'm like, okay, now is the time that if those cows are 20 yards from us, I'm going to quiet bugle and try to basically give that... Uh, threat to those cows. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's why I did it. I bugled quiet one time, and it wasn't soon after that. As he did that loop, came up. He had the posture coming, and he was literally coming to get those cows. Bugled at the other bull, yep. chuckled at the other bull, and he was going to push those cows back. And you endoed him and yep. watched him die. Like it was nuts. Some of the coolest freaking incredible. kill shot footage or whatever i'm I mean, telling you i was down da- i was down last night when i got back here i mean you guys know were you nervous to take that shot again more no you were uh-uh. not no that i knew the first shot on that bull <clears throat> earlier in the trip i had this i had the pin in the same spot when i Just shot that branch and that branch hit it and deflected it and that was my mistake yeah my i mean i didn't make a poor shot my decision to take the shot was a mistake i shouldn't have shot through brush this time I came to full draw and I actually had two openings. I had the frontal shot at 22 yards and then I had a 25 to 30 yard broadside if he keeps walking towards the cows. 
wide open. So when he put his head down behind that bush as he's walking in, I just slow, slow draw and got to my anchor. And then he walked into my opening and I'm like, I have enough opportunity here to let him dictate my shot, which is ideal. Mm-hmm. You know, that means you don't have to force, force it or yeah. anything. So when he stopped in that opening and he started chuckling, I went ahead. I, I wasn't even going to take it. But when he stopped and he started chuckling, I'm like, okay, I got at least a few seconds here. I might as well just get steady, see what it looks like. My sight picture was clear. My opening was clear. I had the pin settled and I just let it go. And it hit right where I had the pin. Just smoked him. And I'm like but, as close to the elk as you are almost. Because he's basically a triangle from us. Yeah. And so I just hear this. And then when he spins, I see the arrow like already out. Yeah. Pass through from end to end. Like, I will say one thing. Me and Ted were talking about this earlier a little bit. Was these are huge animals, and you would think they'd be really easy to hit with archery equipment. But, I mean, the situations that you find yourself in, and an elk, like, is such a tough animal in the front. Mm-hmm. That you have to be really particular about your shot selection on them. No, the shot you took is not yeah. for, and this I, I will say this in video, I'll say this in podcast. If you've not killed quite a few elk or been around elk, do not take a frontal shot because you, you need to know the anatomy, you need to understand the process of it, and you need to be able to execute the shot under pressure. Yeah. Because you do, you've got, you know, in between a volleyball, soft, you know, I mean, an eight inch opening right there, that thoracic opening. And I think maybe we, we've done disservice to some bow hunters that have never, they, they call a bull in and they shoot at 10 yards frontal. And they, they saw us do it on a video or somebody else and they thought that that was a good shot and they just don't know where to aim or how, right. that, how, how that shot goes down. So, I mean, just a word of caution, anyone listening or, or people that have watched the videos, it's a tough shot to make, but it's a very, very deadly shot. That bull was down in That's what well, six looks, or so seven I seconds. Just look, and I have very limited experience here, so let me know if this doesn't make sense. But I've, I've killed two elk now, and both times I was, I was aiming hard at the spot that I wanted. Like I, I was like hyper-concentrating mm-hmm. on where I wanted to shoot. A lot of deer that I've killed over the years is like anchor instinctive shoot. And it's mm-hmm. a smaller target, but I've I've just been less worried, I guess, about uh, the animal's position and everything. And I and I think it's it also has to do with the fact that you're on the ground with them; they're freaking bigger than you are by a long shot. And this thing is bugling in your face at 20 yards, and you've just walked I don't know how many miles on this trip. I mean, you're just you're mentally and physically exerting yourself over and over and over again. A lot of times when you have a deer coming in, you've been sitting there a while. And you're just patiently waiting for something to show up. So you've already anticipated the scenario and all that playing out. Yeah. Elk is like, at least in our situation, is like, go, 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 go. All of a sudden, here's your opportunity. It, and I think a lot of people, I know that it happened to me for sure, is we'll rush it. Mm-hmm. We'll just get it. They, they get the bull in range, and then it's like, i got to get an arrow in this thing. Right. Because you work so hard yeah. for Because you work so hard yeah. for it. Yeah. I mean, you know, physically and mentally exerted to the point where it's like, man, I got to make good on this right now. You don't take enough time mm-hmm. in the moment to 
really settle in and make a good shot. Like, I was going to pass that frontal shot if I couldn't get the pin settled. Because I was, my heart was just about to beat out of my freaking throat. <laughs> I mean, like, I drew back on it, but I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to take this because I'm shaking so dang bad. But, well, you executed it perfectly. Ted and Tyler caught the footage. Um, multiple angles. Like, pretty insane. And yeah. The craziest elk hunt I've ever been on. Here we sit, just reminiscing about... Yeah, I don't know, I know. I always get pretty emotional on hunts, especially like at the success point. And, and I, it's not like killing a turkey or, you know, in deer camp in the sense of it, because the setting and like I, like I talk about the mental stress <coughs> of this, the physical stress of this, everything that goes into it is. I mean, I can go every, on. Your a, senses are heightened, you know. Yeah, I can. For example. I mean, this is one more thing that I stress about because you, you know, Ted, I stress about everything. <laughs> but I can go turkey hunting out of state back home for a couple hundred bucks on a weekend and hunt really hard and maybe get a chance or whatever, however it works out. But that's it. This is one of those deals that I've been planning for for years now and, say, and putting money into and you know buying gear and like uh, exercising every day with a pack on still wasn't enough i'm still <laughs> terrible out of shape i don't know you ripped up the hell this morning no i'm like i said man i'm i'm fast out of the gate but i wear down really quick. <laughs> <laughs> i'm the, I'm the, is, I'm the hair in this and i'm just going what the heck dude <laughs> we gotta just enjoy it yeah yeah, and I, like I told you, like I, I'm enjoying it, but I was starting to get stressed to the point because I'm like, I don't know when I'm going to get back to go elk hunting again. Yeah. Just like all those things yeah. build into that. For and sure. then you have this enormous animal that just gets you yeah. so fired up when they're, when they're coming in. Experiencing this, I totally understand the emotions and stuff now. Like sometimes in some of the Born and Rain stuff I've watched, I've been like, man, they, those guys are... Pretty Those emotional. Guys go at some points, and, you know? yeah. And, and, yeah. and now I totally understand it. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Because no. there's so much that goes into these these hunts for elk, especially. Just one of those things you kind of have to experience just to understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, the, and I, I will say I've been, I've taken for granted the hunting partners that I've got to hunt with, and I think a lot of people don't maybe have that. Mm-hmm. You know, of people that are in it. They'll grind, like, a lot of people that, you know, are just up here with some buddies, like, day six, the weather rolled in, like, cool, I'm going to head home, you know, right. and they get yeah. stranded, and they don't have that person that's committed to, like, no, I'm here until the end, doesn't matter. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I, I feel pretty blessed, and I think, you know, if you got a good hunting partner, you know, communication and expectations is, is key in give and take, like, don't always be the one that needs to be the shooter and you know yeah. some take turns calling doing pa- whatever it is um and when you find on that you know it's just it's not as hard as finding a spouse but some people may say harder you know i mean honestly of, <laughs> yeah. of good hunting people that you yeah. th- that share the same ethics and morals and everything so um that's yeah right. i just feel blessed to be here in camp with you guys yeah dude it's been a freaking blast that's our bull hanging up over there boys no yes, doubt sir. I'm a little bummed out we didn't cook tenderloin tonight. Yeah, yeah. I needed some seasoning. We're all just pretty much just like zapped. Yeah, yeah just then road trip begins and on to the phase next one. Two or land of the free for me. Yep. This definitely 
hyped me up for the upcoming weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, refresher. Yeah. That hunt today was just lit. Man. Yeah. It was It was definitely so a feather in the cap for what we've gone through and had to, to yeah. grind on. We have not seen anything or heard anything like that that we heard today. No, yeah, and I think, crazy. you know, that's why you got it with your, I don't, if you're in a situation like we are from the Midwest or out East or whatever, and you're planning your big elk hunt that you're going to take vacation for or whatnot, and you real, you know, you really want to try to get one down. I tell a lot of my buddies that are putting in for tags or whatever, it's like, if you can take 10 days to two weeks off, yes, try time, to time take in the it. Field. Yep. Yeah. Because we've spent every second of the day out there yep. around all these elk and we have we've seen that scenario happen one time in 12 days yep. where it's just full on like bulls bugling everywhere yeah mm-hmm. and and we're in a bunch of elk so think if you only got six days to hunt i mean yeah, you you can't you're just stacking the odds against you to be successful so yeah if you can so make it arrangements ahead of time and spend as much time out there as you possibly can and i you know coming from coming from oregon you know, you come to these mountains, it's intimidating, but growing up, even just hunting the Coast Range or the Cascades, like, the scale of it, I'm comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Where, coming from the Midwest, and you're hunting, you know, 50 acres or small or whatever it is, you think you're, you know, a mile back in there, like, this is far back in there, and the grand scale of things is really is not that far in what you need to cover ground, and so... Um, just a word of caution for anyone coming out on their first elk hunt is prepare for the shock value of like when you step in here of how grand a scale everything is and, oh. and don't I don't know know your limitations you yeah. know and <coughs> and have your expectations realistic like come out and learn everything you can and hope for that opportunity um, but yeah yeah man pretty freaking stoked right now yeah (laughs) taking meat back home boys yeah coolers are full huh oh man gonna be eating elk for some time now you gonna eat it at your wedding or i don't know she she acted like she was open to it today when i called her that's cool she's like so are we gonna have elk at our wedding are you still thinking that might be a possibility she sounded a little unsure yeah i don't know so yeah so talking about processing the the one thing that i I used to cut steaks individually. Mm. Now I leave it in roast form. Okay. So you can either like slow cook it on the barbecue, smoke, and then sear it and have like basically like a tri-tip type steak. Because sure. the, the biggest thing with elk, you can overcook it really fast. Medium mm-hmm. rare at the like, like I like done and it's the better it is. When you, as soon as you start cooking all the way through. So with individual steaks, just word of caution. Maybe don't do the deer steak half inch type stuff unless you just literally flash it and call it good. But I leave a lot of them in roast, and then when I get it out, I'm like, oh, I want to do steaks tonight. Then I'll cut it into steaks okay. versus Makes the, sense. the roast form, even though it's, you know. Mm-hmm. Does that just give you more options? Yeah, it gives you more you options, but it, yeah. And then I like, you know, like I said, throw it on the trigger, throw some seasoning on it, smoke it, and then sear it on the end, and then... Like you see Rogan with all his pictures of this. Oh, yeah. It's in roast form. You're making me hungry now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
but anyways just on oh, the process yeah elk is just the best man. it is it's freaking awesome ted do you have any closing thoughts to this trip oh uh, thanks for letting me come out here boys <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> thanks for hanging with me and not killing me uh -huh. the last few days because i'll drive i'll drive a man crazy <laughs> Tyler with all my stress I'm just blessed to be here this was an awesome experience for me and to be able to hunt with you guys was just icing on the cake I think heck yeah man couldn't do it without you guys how about you Warb what's the oh, thoughts what's a favorite one. memory what's one of the best hunts of my life really oh yeah no doubt like I said man elk hunting is my favorite thing to do but I just don't get to do it often right I only I've only been like a handful of times. I've only had a tag twice, um, but it's something like I'm always I'm always watching. Like I'm a huge huge born and race fan. I've watched all your, all your all's videos and all that stuff. Like I got way more experience deer and turkey hunting for sure. Love doing that, but elk is the that's the top of my mountain, man. I don't like if you gave me a choice to go hunt some wild you know moose deal in alaska or sheep or elk i'd choose elk every single time really yep yep you just like the challenge of it more I, I love turkey hunting i always have mm -hmm. and there's a lot of similarities there's there. similarities yeah. to turkey hunting and there's similarities to deer hunting yeah i mean you're it's just it's everything mm-hmm so yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> that's how <laughs> i feel about it i'm just freaking stoked <laughs> that i'm taking all this meat home it's one, awesome one thing like and this is an odd favorite memory and i don't all of us sitting on the tailgate last night when we got out from the trailhead sitting there yeah kind of dejected exhausted going man i don't see how this is gonna happen you know i think we all had that doubt creep in our mind and we got back here and like wake up time is like five o'clock Okay, we're going at it hard. You know, a lot of people could have said, I'm going to sleep in. We'll go glass at daylight. And there was no quit. And I think, you know, that uh, attributes to a lot of your guys' character and what you guys do at the hunting public. And Thanks, I, man. I just, I feel honored to be here because I pretty much invited myself. <laughs> called up warm like, you drew? You want someone to call for you? <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I just... Heck I, yeah, I, I sound like a mouse squeaking. <laughs> <laughs> I just appreciate the opportunity oh, to come share camp with you guys. No problem, so. dude. It's been awesome. That yeah. is one thing I will say you guys have preached from way before season is just the morales of each other. And uh, Oh, yeah. You know, yesterday, all of us were, I would say, like you said, pretty down. But we didn't really talk that much about it. and. We yeah, you really just got to kind of go through the motions. Yeah, I think yeah, it shows yeah. a lot of maturity on everybody's part when you're in a situation like that and you are just quiet and yeah. you just, everybody gets ticked, everybody gets dejected, but you got to understand what it is and realize that times are going to get better as long as you just keep going. Yeah. Like I was straight up pissed last night because we had walked so far and didn't get into anything, Yeah, but it's like but yeah like you know you grit your teeth and you're like okay what are we going to do now because we got to get on these things yeah and then the next thing you know it's, it's another day and yeah. uh it's looking up there were a few things probably said but overall like we totally could have just sat at camp and been like well forget this blah 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 but yeah. that's yeah. that's pretty awesome just to yeah 
Because we're hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> we just kept hammering, man. Yeah. I, I, I said to Cody a couple days <laughs> ago. Kept I'm walking like, and walking. There's no quitting war. He's just like, what's over there? What's on this? What's on this flat? We got to check that out. Yeah, man. Uh, I just, yeah. just grinding. It's A lot of these hunts are a grind. Public land hunts of any kind are a grind for the most part. No. It's pretty easy to cut corners and not just put in the work. And uh, I'm time and time again put in the work you'll get rewarded for it yeah it may not be on this exact trip at this point in time but yeah, it's it, all a process yep you just got to chip away and it's just a game of opportunities put yourself in that situation enough times it's going to happen tedward's going to get a tag here soon hopefully he's going to be shooting an elk mm -hmm. soon i hope yeah at some point yeah so i'll pack it out for you i don't know if you want me to call him for you though <laughs> oh you'll get it figured out <laughs> getting better yes it let's is. hear it let's okay. hear one of these uh these cow mews you got i can't do one it. last one for the podcast no man i don't <laughs> i can't cow I, mean, I can owl hoot <laughs> let's let's close with an owl hoot <laughs> perfect Cody, nail it let's do it what let's hear yours i can't owl hoot i can turkey call i, I thought you were hooting the other day <laughs> not no. not like that <laughs> 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 yeah, oh, get a bull to do all that. I know, dude. Awesome. When I come turkey hunting with you next spring, I'm bringing my bugle and we're gonna shot gobbler with the bugle. Oh, it's gonna be great. Like, yeah, yeah, it works like, perfect. That's sure. my. That's it's bulls of the spring, man. I love it. Yes, I'm like full fired up about turkey hunting. I it was love so turkeys. much fun last year. That's why I love them because mm -hmm. they're so much fun. They're less stressful than these less other, stressful, these other bigger sure. animals. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. one gets away and you're like, ah, we'll find one. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's only nine o'clock. That's right. Um, all right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in and listening to another edition of the Born and Raised Audio Experience. We're going to pack things up in the morning, hit the road, head to New Mexico. We're going to finally... Dude, I will say this is a strange season for me as I have not hunted a day with Trent, Trevor, or Steve, and it's the 12th of September. Never in my life has that been since 2007. So Really? Yeah. I'm really looking forward to meeting up with those guys and Heck yeah, hunting dude. it up. So Get after it. Yep. Here we go.